Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop coming to you live from my good friend Facundo's house in Mendoza, Argentina. Hope you enjoyed the past couple of shows. I have enjoyed living the experience to fucking communicate it with you. Uh, I hope that you are catching how good of a mood I am in right now, even though my bike is broken. Uh, this show is recapping, let's see, from Uni Salt Flats down to Cachi on Ruta Cuadenta. Fucking too good, too good. You guys are going to like this. Let's get into it. All right, I'm still on track to make it back to Texas for Born Free at the Yellow Rose Canyon. Make sure if you are in Dallas on Thursday, October 20th, to go to Strokers for the Born Free Texas pre-party brought to you by Fast Life Garage, the Dyna Crew, Hang'em High Customs, and Strokers of Dallas. That's Thursday night. Uh, Friday night, there is a party at Lugnuts in Nacogdoches, which is just down the street from the campground. Friday, you can enter the campground and camp at the Yellow Rose Canyon. It's going to be fucking sick. Uh, and then Born Free is Saturday. And, dude, there are a bunch of fucking sick-ass bands playing. Mothership, The Last Knife Fighter, Lulu and the Black Sheep, Ancient Days, Holy Witch, and the Outbound Train. It's going to be fucking sick. I hope to see you all there. I am, uh, <clears throat> I've got a little bit of a blockade right now. Short of the bike being broken, the road from Argentina to Chile is fucking blocked with snow. And, um, you know, a fucking, I'll get there. I will get there. It's going to happen. It is going to fucking happen. Uh, <clears throat> if you would like to help me support shops around this fucking beautiful place, this beautiful place being America and sometimes outside of America, go to mcshoptees.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month I send out a T-shirt with custom art featuring different shops from around the country, sometimes outside the country. This month's featured shop is Che Boards. It's a fucking surf shop. I know it's crazy, uh, but they all had motorcycles. There's motorcycles all around the fucking surf shop, and Juan Diego and his family are amazing people. So... I had to. I just had to do it. And he's from Argentina, where I'm at now. I got a fucking Argentinian to do the artwork, and uh, I'm stoked to send that one out. And I wanted to do a Halloween theme shirt, but I didn't. It's a complete fucking opposite. It is. Uh, you'll see. You'll get it. You'll get it soon. Uh, the shirts have been ordered. Uh, I'm sure that they're probably printing them this week, and we'll send them out next week. So. Uh, if you're not signed up, make sure you go to mcshoptees.com and sign up now, dude. Get signed up because you do not want to miss next month's T-shirt. Uh, we got women's sizes, kid sizes, and two different types of shirts for men. Uh, you can buy uh, three, six, and 12-month packages, which are great. It's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving now that we're getting close to the holidays. Or you can just sign up monthly. Cancel whenever you want. And uh, if you uh, want to support the show, 
but don't want any t-shirts, um, go to Danger Dance Talk Shop and sign up for a Patreon. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There's a Patreon link. Five bucks a month helps me keep this show on the road, and it gives you a chance at winning a $100 gift card to LowbrowCustoms.com. Trust me, your clapped-out fucking chopper needs some parts from Lowbrow Customs. And you're probably going to need to get them ordered and meet me at Born Free because we're going to ride fucking choppers. So uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I cannot wait. I can't wait to get back to Texas. As much fun as I'm having here, I am looking forward to seeing all your motherfucking faces. Let's get into this motherfucking podcast. Ah, okay. Well, where did I leave you? I'm going to have to find a better lighter for that. This might be a long one. Here we go. Okay. So the last time we talked, where was it? Oh, it was Bolivia. At the salt flats in uni. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna get some get my phone queued up so I can follow my uh visual timeline. I feel like uh that'll help out. So I recorded that last podcast at a place called the Tonito Hotel, which was a beautiful place, and it was funny because I saw a handful of other adventure bike riders from various parts of the globe at the salt flats at the uh, the Lavador getting their bike washed after exploring the flats and uh and then I got on anyways they left they you know I went and did rode the flats and uh I picked out a hotel and it happened to be the same hotel that uh they were all meeting for dinner uh they weren't staying there Maybe one of them was. Uh, no, just one other guy that wasn't even a part of that group. He was on a Tanier as well. There was two Tanier's, a GS. There was a kid on like a a 250 or some shit, and they had come all the way down from uh, Cartagena at least, maybe further. But it was nice to talk to them for a little bit. Uh, two guys on Tanier's hung out the longest. The other ones uh, decided that that place was out of their budget and went someplace else. But let me tell you about this place, Tonito. It was uh, it was at the end of this street, like right at the military base. You weren't allowed to take pictures of your motorcycle. Uh, one of the guys there actually told me that in Bolivia, you're supposed to take a picture of you at the place you stay every night, send that into the government email, and check in, and then they would check that at the border to uh, make sure that you did that the whole time. Okay? That's, that's good information to know after you've been in the fucking country for a couple days. Slept on the ground. I did take a picture of the ground, so. But anyways, the place was owned by a couple. I think the the wife, I'm not sure if she was from down there or not. She looked more, uh, um, yeah, Korean, Chinese, I don't know. I don't know. She was Asian. But maybe she was from down there. Maybe, uh. I don't know, she was pretty old. Not real old. Sweet lady, spoke English. 
got me booked up, and then she uh, she was like, well, I hope that you like pizza. And I was like, little do you know I picked this place out because there was a fucking beautiful-looking picture of a pizza on the booking.com app. And uh, she goes on to tell me that her husband was from Boston and that that's what he did was run the fucking pizza joint in the back. And, oh, my God, I had the fucking best. It was a, it was a spicy llama pizza. Oh, fuck. It even had olives on it. I don't do acetunas, as I've learned, uh, but I didn't catch it at that time. And I fucking love that pizza was so good. It didn't have like the crispy crust like I like on the bottom, but the actual crust on the outside was crunchy. It was really good. Anyways, I think I, uh, I don't know if I did that before or after the podcast, but it was a great spot. Tonito, T-O-N-I-T-O Hotel, and that is in Uni, Bolivia, if you find yourself down there. I think from there I released the podcast with Joseph. I need to check in with him and see where he's at. But uh, the next morning, it was me on a, me and the guy on the Tanier 700. Now, this guy hadn't doesn't have as much experience. Uh, but, you know, we were getting ready to go at the same time, and I was like, hey, bud, do you want to you wanna roll together? We're both going the same exact direction. Uh, you're not planning on going as far as I am. Uh, but, you know, it'd be nice to look over and see somebody. You know, this, this country hasn't been that inviting and uh, – you know, you speak English. And he, he was kind of reluctant. He was like, you know, I just want to remind you that when I saw 8B on the map, I turned around and went the long way around so that I wouldn't have to go down that road. I'm not very fast. And I was like, luckily for you, my bike is not running great, and my top speed is like 55 miles an hour. Um, so, you know, let's give it a shot. And here, worst-case scenario, you – you get tired of waiting on me because my bike's too slow or I get tired of waiting on you or whatever it is. There's nothing personal. If we go our separate ways, we go our separate ways. And uh, so he was like, yeah, let's do it. I lost him within like two blocks. Now, it might have had something to do with like a couple of the U-turns I did. (laughs) Uh, No, but then I, I got him. And then I I definitely lost him again because he stopped for gas. So I went back and I was like, all right. You know, the town was kind of confusing. I thought I knew where to go. And he, you know, he has his GPS set up, and I'm, like, reaching in my phone from my pocket while trying to maneuver speed bumps and traffic and people. <clears throat> Anyways, we hit the open road, right? We're fucking in it. And uh, we're cruising along, and my bike started running fucking great, dude. I was getting up to, like, 60, 62 miles an hour, you know? like So at this point, the throttle, it's like, uh, it's been like this for a while. But you turn it past a certain point, and it, it it just acts like the you just let go of the throttle. So you have to hold it. You got to spin it to where it's like at the maximum spot and then just leave it there. And if you think maybe you could turn it a little bit more and you can't, then you lose all the power and the momentum. And the bike has enough horsepower in those, you know, low RPM ranges where you can, you know, get it going. But each day it seemed like the the amount of throttle that I could use was getting shorter. And that day, it actually got bigger. So I was like, fucking cool. So we're cruising along, and it's desert, sand everywhere. Uh, We started getting into some farmland, started seeing these cunha, I think is what they are. They're like uh, llamas or alpacas, but they don't have as long a hair. They're like, uh, you know, and they're not domesticated. They're wild. And uh, 
Saw some of those. We were pointing them out. Saw them on the road. And, uh, dude, the road started out straight. Straight, you know, long straightaways, turns, going over these, like, river, these sand, like, river bridges, but there was just sand. And, you know, and there's, like, these beautiful old, <clears throat> you know, adobe stoned houses that were, you know, shacks and shanties that were in all states of disrepair some of them built out of rocks i stopped at a couple of them or would like just take off the road like when i get when i'd start leaving even at 60 miles an hour i'm losing this guy and i think he might have been trying to get away from me but whatever i was trying to keep him with me because i was starting to get worried about this throttle situation at any point i knew it could just like quit working or at least i i I just felt like i'd it'd been long enough and it was starting to do inconsistent things so you know part of me wanted to him to be real fucking close but uh you know i'd get ahead of him then i just like pull off the road for a while i'm just like riding next to the road off in the sand it was uh it wasn't like deep sand it was like hard pack uh not really hard pack but you know it wasn't like riding on a beach or something and uh or i'd ride i'd just take off and go fucking chase down one of those uh cunha or you know i was having fun it was a good morning and the weather was right. It was beautiful. And the road started getting, like, twisty. And the fucking, we, like, started getting into this, like, uh, you know, more rocky area. At first, it started getting a little bit hilly. And then we started, like, going down, descending into these rock canyons. And it just kept getting more and more fucking beautiful. And, this, of course, as soon as we started, like, going down turny roads into the canyon, switchbacks, like fucking long gone uh, i hadn't seen him in a minute i pulled over at one rock building and was just like just taking it all in it was just fucking cool and and you know kind of letting them catch back up and then i see him off in the distance go by on the road so i get my shit together and like almost dumped the bike in a fucking sand ditch and couldn't even figure out how i'd gotten to where i was at because there were so many washout and gullies in between where i was in the road but finally got back up there Chased him down, and uh, we're cruising again, and uh, it, it, the, the, the colors of the rocks down here, especially in Argentina, but on the, you know, on the way out of Bolivia, they, there's just so much color in them from red, and you know, I know that the sunglasses, I bought some, I found some sunglasses at the Salt Flats, and I think that they're... I don't think that they're polarized, but they have some kind of effect like that, and it really brings out the colors and things. Uh, I hadn't really noticed it at that point, but since I've been playing with taking the glasses on and off, it's the glasses make things just fucking brilliant. And they don't, like, change the color of things, but they, uh, I don't know how to explain it, really. Uh, but... Anyways, the rock structures were beautiful, going into these fucking canyons. And I'm coming up on, uh, you know, one of the, I think where he, the uh, the town that he was going to stop in was the turnoff to go see the last, oh, what am I trying to say? The hideout from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And I still hadn't decided if I was going to go. Uh, but, man, the rock structures just get fucking wicked cool. And then all of a sudden, like, the road disappears and turns into gravel and, like, goes next to this big, huge river basin. I mean, there's, like, a stream running through it. 
but enough so that people have got their cars out there and they're washing them, they're swimming, they're like playing. Uh, and the road like wraps around these fucking giant canyon walls and it's dirt. And all of a sudden I see like this little bitty fucking like a road. I mean, it was literally like a roadside bar, like like a pop-up bar. Literally all they had to drink was beer. You could buy a bottle of Smirnoff, like just some weird options. There was Budweiser there. Uh I took a picture of the Budweiser because it was like, had something on it. Oh, it was a Lollapalooza Argentina limited edition Budweiser. I almost bought it just to have it, but I didn't. And uh, anyways, I hung out there and waited for him for a while, and he never showed up. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to take off and go and, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, see you, dude. It was nice meeting you. It was nice hanging out with you. And he did tell me, like, some other stuff about crossing the border, how I needed insurance. He wasn't the only person to tell me about this insurance thing. I was told by my friend Patty that the insurance you could only buy in person, and, like, the last place to buy it was La Paz, the capital I was at before Death Road. So I'm like, shit, this guy said he had emailed a lady, pictures and everything, and bought it online. And I was like, wow, that's... So I emailed the lady all the stuff the night before. She never got back to me. It was Sunday. Uh, and I was thinking I would just stop at the border that night or that evening. And uh, But anyways, the, the road was fucking amazing. And when I got to the town that you turn off to go up San Vincent Canyon, I believe it was, it was fucking so sick. It was like... Uh, if you were a fucking outlaw back in the day and you were on the run from the fucking the Bolivian and American federales, because these guys were actually down in Patagonia. And they lived there for a couple years, just like had quit robbing places. They were just like farmers. And uh, I mean, they had cattle. They were trading with the local people. Anyways, they got word that the authorities, somebody had ratted them out. So then they started you know, moving up north, got into Bolivia, and, you know, went up this canyon. When I saw the direction of this road, I was like, oh, my God, that's, yeah, the just the, it was just, of course they went over there. So I'm like, all right, I want to ride over there anyways. So I pull out my phone to, like, get a map because uh, I didn't put it on, like, my, my phone hasn't been working, so I have to load up where I'm going to go on Google Maps and then start the directions and then that's what I have for the day, unless I find a restaurant or someplace that has Wi-Fi, which most of them do down here, which has been amazing. But at this point, I hadn't done that. And this town was actually bigger than I thought it was going to be from looking at the map. Uh, cool town, uh, but I could not figure out where this fucking road was. And I got turned around twice or went into two dead ends, one of them being like that giant river basin. And I was like, oh, well, I should fucking ride across this river basin, but... For some reason, that throttle was just, it was making me reluctant to do much. Especially, like, get it out in the middle of this river basin, and then it rained, and the water, you know. So I didn't, and I, I ended up just not going to find that uh, hideout spot. And because I was close to the border, and it was like, and, and from that road, I think it was like a three hours that way, which would have been fine. I could have gone up there and, like, stayed the night in the cabin but I did some research and it seemed like you have to park you know 
at a, at a barbed wire fence, and then you walk for 15, 20 minutes. So, anyways, I decided not to go. But uh, get back on the road, take off south. And I thought I was a couple miles from the border. And I, uh, I had given all my Bolivianos to the lady and my fucking American money, too. I think I had like three or four dollars. No local currency. And uh, I was good on gas because I filled up before I left that morning or before I got into the hotel the night before. So I know I can make it into Argentina. Even though gas never ended up being an issue in Bolivia. You know, I think as much as I was kind of spooked into thinking it was going to be a problem, uh, it was not at all. Bolivia, there was no problem. The only problem was is I didn't, you know, I didn't get to spend enough enough time there. There was a lot more that I could have seen. <clears throat> like... A lot more. Uh, the stuff that Patty told me about, that other people told me about. There's a mine. My buddy Rob sent me a message. He was like, listen to this. I'm fucking pulling this message up because it was good. Because I told him, I was like, when I was going through that southern part of Bolivia, I was just like, Rob, dude, southern Bolivia is fucking beautiful. And he goes, make sure you go to Santa Cruz. It's beautiful. There used to be an old silver mine right outside town that you could go do tours in. The mine is crazy. Not much organization, just a ton of people inside this mountain digging for silver. It's pretty insane. There's also a little miner's market below the mine where you can buy dynamite and then go blow some shit up outside of town. It's pretty fun. There are some small tour companies in town. Just hire a guide at one of those places. You do not want to go in that mine by yourself. You'll die. So, as you can imagine, now, like that was really, I was like, fuck, kind of want to go there. And then he was like, there's also an old church in the town that has a bunch of crypts underneath it. You just go down there, and it's just piles of skulls and bones, and you're crawling around your hands and knees in these small tunnels. He's like, I don't actually think it was Santa Cruz. It's, a, it's another small village east of there as you start climbing up the mountains. I can't remember the name of it, though. And then he goes, oh, I was mistaken. That town is called Potosi. So I read that, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to go there. And I fucking pull up Potosi on the map, and it's like, it's fucking north and way far east of Death Road. And I'm like, oh, no, not not in the cards. I got, you know, I'm on kind of a time crunch at this point. Not a huge one, but, you know, I, I want to, I got to get back for Born Free, right? And uh, actually, really what I'm trying to get back for, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but one of my listeners last year sent me a message, and uh, his name is Scott. And he was like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm doing some work with Red Hot Chili Peppers next year. If you want to go to any of the shows, uh, just let me know, and, and, I'll, and I'll, we can meet. And I'm like, that's insane. I would, I've never seen the Chili Peppers. I would fucking love to see the Chili Peppers. And, uh, you know, I got all excited about it. I told my wife, and she was like, wow, you're going to go without us? And I was like, well, I... I don't even know that I can go yet. You know, like next year is going to be really busy. And this was, to keep in mind, this was last year when this guy reached out to me. And uh, anyways, uh, the other day I was looking at the, uh, the schedule, the calendar. And me and him have been like communicating back and forth since then. Super rad guy. He's got a fucking a Vincent. I, I don't know exactly what model is. I think it's a fucking, it's a nice bike. He sent me a picture of it yesterday. I was just like, oh. Oh my God, that thing is fucking sick. We spent 30 years building it. And uh, anyways, 
I was looking at the calendar a while back, and, you know, I get back, I go to Born Free, and then I leave for uh, leave for Nepal. The weekend before Born Free is the Red Bull straight rhythm at the Moto Beach Classic, you know. I signed up to race that because who the fuck doesn't want to go to California and race their chopper in the dirt and then go watch the Red Bull straight rhythm? Like, that sounds sick. I don't know how... Uh, Anybody listening that races is not going to do that. Or maybe you are. Please tell me you are, because that sounds amazing. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, so I also was looking at the Chili Peppers calendar, and their last show in the States is the 15th in Austin. And I'm like, okay, I could either show back up, <clears throat> jump in my truck with my bikes, drive straight to California, then drive straight back, hang out with the kids for a couple days, <clears throat> then take my wife to Born Free, leave the kids, and then come back and hang out with my kids for a couple days and then leave. And so I sent Scott an email. I was like, hey, dude, I, you know, I, I really would like to go to this show on the 15th, but I, you know, I've been away from my family. I'm going to be away from some more. Uh, you know, it'd be tough for me to just say, peace out or go home pick my wife up take her leave the kid you know so I was like dude is it would it be too much if I like asked for you to get me and my kids and my wife in like me plus three and he was like you know I'll see what I can do and I was just like oh now that's the fucking super dad move I hope I'm not blowing it by even telling this story but I'm getting excited I mean I really am getting excited about it and uh so he was like, "Yeah, I'll see what I can do." So that's so that's now that's on the fifteenth. So now the real the real goal is is to get back before the fifteenth, so I can take my family to see the Chili Peppers. Uh, which, by the way, Scott does lights, right? And he's worked with people from, you know, like Blink One Eighty Two, uh, David Grohl. He, he had a quote from Taylor Hawkins on his fucking page. I mean. Anyways, the dude's done some amazing work, and I was looking at, like, the videos that he's done for the Chili Peppers, and, uh, you know, just amazing light work. Like, fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm just as excited now to go see, the sh like, to see his work and what he does, and, you know, uh, I'll get into light work a little bit here in a minute as this story goes on, because uh, I've been thinking about that ever since then. And anyways, so 15th, right? <clears throat> 15th, trying to get back, time crunch. Uh, I'm getting close to the Bolivia border. I was thinking about just staying the night because I don't have insurance. And, you know, the border crossings are, well, they, you just never fucking know. And I didn't take pictures of my bike. I didn't check in at any fucking hotels. When I went into the country, you had to, like, make an itinerary of what you were going to do. And I obviously lied about that. I, You know, the guy next door that helped me out, he just, like, made some shit up. I kind of fine-tuned it to look a little bit closer to what I might do, but it was definitely not what I ended up doing. So, but anyways, I get to another town and uh, cruising around the town. I think I was looking for an ATM or something, like, just to get some petty fucking cash. And uh, and the next thing you know, I'm, I fucking pull up my map, and I'm, or my map's like, oh, you'll be there in, a, you know, the next 500 meters. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm at the fucking border. So... The light was still out. Uh, you know, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. And I pull up my Overlander app because Overlander is starting to get, like, uh, current information on the border crossing. What you need, where they're at, where the offices are at, which is very fucking handy when you're crossing these borders. But uh, 
excuse me. The fucking information was so wrong on where everything was, and I was, like, going around in circles. People were starting to fucking look at me and, like, wave me down to see if they can help me, and I'm, like, you know, being very stubborn. I don't want fucking, I don't need help, you know? And finally I get to it, and it was the weirdest crossing. Well, okay, maybe it wasn't the weirdest crossing yet, but it was uh, very, it was Central America-esque is what it was. Uh, you, before you even check, you know, the... To get the, you get stamped out of Bolivia, which was easy. But to get the vehicle checked out of Bolivia, I had to get the vehicle checked into Argentina first, which makes, I mean, that makes sense. Like, before we're going to, like, say that you, you know, check your bike out of here, make sure that they're going to let you in over there. Uh, so that was kind of weird. But anyway, so I get stamped out of Bolivia. I go to, uh, the customs side, or no, the immigration side on Argentina side. And I'm crossing at, like, La Cuaca, I think is what it is. Um, let, me, let me pull up the map. I don't, don't want to feed you wrong information. The map zoomed in on Mexico. That's what we were talking about, Mexico, earlier. La Cuaca. La Cuaca. And, uh... Yeah, so there they like they didn't put a stamp in my the first window I went to. They didn't put a stamp in my passport book. They like got a piece of paper and stamped it a couple times. Told me to go into the uh, Ottawa's building, which is the customs building for getting the vehicle submitted. So I go in there, and uh, and I'm like, oh fuck, I you know I still I don't have the insurance. Like uh, if they ask, I'm just going to show them the email with everything on it and hope that they don't look closely. Uh, one guy told me, he was like, dude, what I did was just printed off a PDF file of my American insurance and just changed the wording and said that it also covered Bolivia, Argentina and Uruguay or something. But, uh, I didn't do any of that. And, uh, I go over there and this lady starts going through my fucking paperwork and, and I, and I asked her a couple times, like, hey, how do I check out of, where do I check out of Bolivia? And she was just like, you know, not, she was just like, just took the paperwork and never did anything with it. And I'm like, that's weird. <clears throat> anyway, she gets all this stuff together. And uh, I told you about losing my hat, right? The bag of coca leaves? The hat? Yeah. Anyways, I was, I was still kind of bummed about that because I wanted to get one of those. These these hats that these women wear in Bolivia are fucking outstanding, but they don't even fit them. They sit on the top of all their heads, and their heads are small. But anyway, so she's she gets all the paperwork done. She doesn't ask me anything, and I'm like, oh, this is great, right? She's like, all right, let me go out there and let's search your bike. And I'm like, yeah, cool, let's go. We go out there and the top bag goes through it, you know, nothing. Goes through this left bag, goes through the right bag. Well, I had forgotten... And I did. I hadn't even really thought about it, but I had lost my hat and a bag of coca leaves. Well, I had bought another giant bag of coca leaves, and it was in the top of that bag. When she pulled that out, I was not worried about the insurance anymore. And uh, the look on her face was fucking priceless because... She looked so impressed, and she, it was like I just went up a couple rings in her judgment scale. Like, she saw that, and she was just like, 
oh, this guy knows what he's doing, you know, and put the bag back in there. Oh, yeah, that she stopped searching it after that. That was the first saddle bag. She did the top bag. She did the side saddle bag. As soon as she found that big bag of coca leaves and, like, made the motion to her mouth, like, oh, you're chewing these, right? And, like, just grinning at me. I was just like, no fucking way. And she just was like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're totally cool. I, was just, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, split second, I was shitting my pants. And then she was like, totally, like, it made the whole rest of this process go by so easy. At that point, she went in there, bada bing, bada boom, fucking here's your paperwork, you're good to go. No question about no fucking insurance or nothing. And then she tells me where to go get <clears throat> checked out of Bolivia and I keep asking her, I'm like, I don't even know what any of these papers mean. Like, am I good to go? Like, is my bike legal? <clears throat> I didn't want to ask that too much because then I didn't, you know, I didn't want her to ask for the insurance. But I'm still like, I'd like to know before I leave uh, if this is all the stuff I have. Some of these uh, crossings, they have like another gate where like there's a guy right before they let you into the city, even though it looks like, you know, there's vendors and shit all down the road. But before you go through the gate into the country, they, like, check to make sure you got all the paperwork. There wasn't one of those at this spot. Uh, anyways, I go get checked out of Bolivia, and then that lady tells me to go back over there. So I'm like, fuck, I still, this insurance thing is fixing. The, I'm, like, so close, but I'm like, so I go back in there, and this lady's busy, so I go up to the other guy, and I'm like, hey, I am good here, because I think that lady just thought I had checked out or I hadn't checked in yet, but the guy was like, no, no, you're fucking good to go. So then I go outside the building, and this couple comes up to me, and they're like, excuse, excuse me, sir, uh, did you, how did you get your insurance? Because they're, they're not letting our vehicle in, and they say we have to get insurance. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. I, uh, I, I emailed this lady, and I showed them the fucking email. I let them take a picture so that they could email that lady. I still have not heard back from that lady. So um, they, were actually, they were obviously checking some people for insurance, but if you've got coca leaves, they don't fucking give a shit about nothing. You're good to go, which was just fucking wild. So, bam, I'm in Argentina, right? <clears throat> uh, there's just one fucking problem. I don't have any money, right? And Which isn't a huge problem. Like, I just don't have any cash on me. This wasn't a huge town, and I could not find a fucking... Uh, an ATM. I went and got gas uh, and paid with card, which was awesome because some of these places, I had to ask them ahead of time because some places just don't take cards. And uh, I asked, maybe that's what it is. I asked him where the ATM was and he pointed it. So I went over there to it and the ATM would not read my card. It would not. It just kept spitting it out and saying, it doesn't work now. Given if I took a picture of my card and you could, if you could see the shape of my card right now, if you could see the shape of my card before I came back to South America, uh, I'd be embarrassed. I mean, it was broken in half, taped back together for the third time. Uh, all the numbers were, it's a PayPal card, so, like, the numbers aren't even embossed on it. They're just printed on there. They were all, like, scraped off. You couldn't type the numbers in if you wanted to. Uh, I was I was shocked. I was shocked that it had been working, period, and... Uh, I'm like, well, it worked at the gas pump, doesn't work at this ATM, no sweat. Uh, I'll just, you know, I'll try another ATM. So I got a full tank. I take off. I was hoping to get some water because I knew that the next stretch was pretty good and desolate. And uh, I think I had some, but 
I always just like to have extra water. Extra water. Especially when the bike's kind of acting funny. Anyways, I take off out of there, and I'm like, fucking, the bike's going like 50 miles an hour. Uh, it was, you know, it's just flat and straight. Just fucking flat and straight. Now, at that point... Right out of La Cuarca, you can hang a right and get on Route La Cuarenta. Actually, it's five. You get on five over to 65, which turns into Route La Cuarenta, which is the next road on the Danger Dan American Highway, okay? So that's where I'm headed. But I talked to some people that were smarter than me. My friend Igarat, who I met in Colombia, who had done this a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago at this point, but he was like, I told him that I was trying to make time, and he's like, all right, well, here's the deal. You're not going to miss much by skipping the first part of 40 and just taking the 9 down to Puma Perma Marca and then cutting over from there to San Antonio and then jumping on the 40. So that was the plan. And the plan was actually to stop at the border, cross the border, and then make it to Perma Marca the next day. But I'm like, man, I'm making good time, and the road's straight. The bike's not running great. But it's, you know, I can keep it at like 50 and uh, I get there before the sun goes down. Well, I'm fucking cruising along and I see a Volkswagen, a yellow Volkswagen van on the side of the road. So when I went by it, it was facing north. But when I went by it, I saw that the back engine flap door was open. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I don't know much about bugs, but I'm pretty sure that motor is very similar to a Harley Davidson motor. And maybe I can help. So I turn around, I go back, and it was uh, it was this beautiful couple from Brazil. And they had gone down to Ushuaia, and they were on their way to Alaska. Now, given they were really, really taking their time. I mean, they spent four months in Patagonia, okay? They were taking their sweet time, which is beautiful. And uh, nothing was wrong with the van. They were just chilling, and we talked. Uh, she spoke decent English. He did not, uh, but we communicated and exchanged numbers. They told me about a road that I needed to take down there. They put another road on my map, which is which is sick. I mean, I love adding to the things that I want to cram into this fucking trip. And uh, anyways, they cruised on, and, and I cruised on, and, and the temperature started dropping with the sun, and it started getting fucking cold, and then there started getting clouds building up, and I'm like... Oh, shit. And then the wind started blowing, a fucking gnarly headwind. And uh, I pull over. I put my rain gear on just to fucking block the wind. Uh, my thicker gloves take off again. The bike's now running like 45 miles an hour. If I get it downhill straight and I do a wind tuck, I can get to 50. And uh, now, given it's been like this for a minute... But I only really notice how bad it is when it's like straight in the fucking south wind, which has been blowing for a couple days at this point. And uh, I'm getting passed by adventure bikes, which is so fucking annoying. Like, I can go away, only going 50 miles an hour. I mean, it's, it's been nice, like, really looking around because you do not have to look at the road much. Because the roads are the roads nice. I mean, it's it's got lines. It's fucking flat. There's not a bunch of potholes. You know, you can really look 
out into the country and enjoy the scenery, and it's beautiful down here. I mean, it's fucking beautiful now. It's flat, and the mountains were kind of far away at first, but once again, it started kind of like, you know, diving down a little bit, getting more rocky, but the sun was going down, the clouds were coming out, and, uh, dude, I get passed by this one guy. Most of the time, people wave or something. They're like, they don't wave to see if I'm okay. They just assume that I'm going that slow, which... I've seen some people on these adventure bikes, and they just go that fucking slow, which is insane to me because they go really fucking fast, the big ones do. But, uh, you know, I was also enjoying it, except for when they would pass me. But one guy fucking flew by me, and, like, I mean, he was close to fucking hitting me. No wave, no nothing, just boom, gone. I'm like, that motherfucker. And uh, I keep going a little ways, and then he's pulled over. Because he got fucking cold, too, and he's putting on more gear. So I pull up to him, and I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And uh, and we hit it off. It was cool. Super rad cat. Uh, I told him what my deal was. He asked me where I was going that night. And uh, and he had what he had done, he was coming down from Bolivia, and he rode all the way up 40 from Mendoza, which is actually where I'm at now, uh, all the way up 40 around to that that thing and uh, that crossing into Bolivia. They went up to Bolivia. He went to the salt flats. He went to Potosi. He went to Sucre. He went to all the other places that I didn't fucking go. And he was like, dude, it was fucking so sick. And I'm like, awesome. And your bike's running good. Fucking KLR 650. Of course it's running good. Those things just run, right? Uh, but anyways, he asked me where I was going. And I told him I was trying to go to Permamarca. He was going down to San Salvador. They who? The who the he he who ha juju. Anyways, he was like, "Oh, Permamarca or Tilacara, you know those those aren't great towns or whatever." But anyways, he takes off. We exchange numbers. Uh, he gives me his numbers. Hey, I'm in Mendoza. If something happens, you know, whatever. And uh, Permamarca, I get to Permamarca, dude. It's dark. It's fucking dark. My phone's not working. My phone doesn't work at all. And in Argentina, and uh, and I just followed signs to get there because I didn't put this on. I didn't plan on going that far, but I just there wasn't any other good place to stop, and I didn't have water to camp. And anyways, I get there and I'm like fucking riding around the streets, and there's fucking people walking around everywhere. There's bars and restaurants open. There's live music in places. I'm like, this is a happening little fucking town. Like it was really cool. I mean, like just dirt streets, but cool old buildings. Finally, I see, like, a, a hospedeja, and I look in there, and there's a couple of fucking adventure bikes. So I pull in there, and and uh, this guy comes out, and he's you know, speaks a little bit of English. We're working through it. And uh, and on my first off, you know, do you take cards? Uh, how much is the place? And it was, like, $13. And uh, I'm like, cool, cool. Well, I got a card, you know, and I need to go to an ATM, and, and then all of a sudden, I found a 20 in my pocket. I'm like, fucking sick. So I pay this dude, ask for the Wi-Fi, uh, get hooked up, you know, drop some messages to some people. And then I take off into the street on foot. And uh, I go to the f- fucking the ATM that he told me about. Or maybe I looked it up. Card's not reading. It is not wanting to spit out money. And uh, I'm like getting starting to get fucking paranoid because... Kind of like my bike, like I knew at some point this car would quit working, and uh, this is now happening. 
So, and I have another card. I got another account. Uh, and anyways, I transferred some funds around, and bam, I'm back in the game. But I was, I was fucking a little bit paranoid there for a minute because the other account did not have any money in it. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how for my wife to move. I, I just didn't really know what I was going to do there. And it was in PayPal. I was, like, trying to figure out how to, like, Maybe I could PayPal somebody at the place, but nobody down here uses PayPal or is familiar with it at all, so I did get kind of worried there. Uh, but they have now a way you can transfer money instantly on PayPal because it used to be you had to wait like five days, which was annoying as fuck. You know, I could send you money on PayPal, and it would show up <clears throat> like that. But if I wanted to send money from my PayPal account to my bank account, it would take like five to seven days. I was just like, God, what fucking jokers. Anyways, I get that. Uh, I find one of these restaurants with some music. And immediately, you know, the guy on stage, he's a fucking entertainer. It's a three-piece band. Uh, God, I can't. was a guy. Mm, I got I got photos, right? I, I pulled this up so I could have photos to look at this. Um, the guy, where is it at? Yeah, there was a guy on a guitar, a guy on a squeeze box, and then the guy in the middle, the main singer, was playing a, a boom boom, I think, or a dome dome, which is just a, a wooden drum like the size of a, a floor tom that they hold between their legs, and they use the drumsticks to beat on the drum and use the rim for clicks. Cool cool sound. Definitely i would never seen it a drum like that used like that before. And immediately I walk in, and uh, fucking, they just start fucking roasting me and talking to me, and I'm just like... You know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to sit in the back of the room and, and observe this. Well, fucking the place was filled up right in the middle. Um, it was a bit much, but they enjoyed my uh, commentary in a language they couldn't understand. Anyways, I ordered like a fucking alpaca, a short like alpaca ribs or something, and they fucking brought out this butter. Like, not bread, not butter, but they brought out this bread with, like, this fucking orange pepper sauce. And, oh, my God, the food was fucking amazing. I had a glass of their local Malbec wine and salad. It was a terrible salad for as nice as the place was. But ended up being a great night, right? So I get back to the Hospodeja. And I had still not met the guys with the adventure bikes there was a gs maybe two gs's and something else that was a little smaller anyways i get back and uh there's like i don't know five or six no there's probably like eight eight other motorcycles there uh one of them was a trans out one of them was an xt 350 uh, a couple of Hondas, and then a couple of ones I'm, I don't even know the name of. And they were all, you know, they were traveling. It was a fucking group of friends. And then they saw me sit down next to my bike in this chair, and they fucking were just like, oh, sick, dude. They were on one. They had ridden in from Buenos Aires that day. And they were like, come on, you're going out with us. We're going out. We're going out right now. And I'm like, I've... <laughs> You know, I was just fixing to go to sleep, fellas. Well, that is not what they had in mind, dude. We go to this other bar, 
Another band playing, same exact setup, fucking squeeze box, guitar, and a drum. The place was filled up, and there's a giant table of more fucking bikers, dude. Oh, man, we had so much fun, dude. Ate more empanadas, fucking beers, exchanging photos and telling stories. There was, you know, it ended up being fucking awesome. We stayed out until they fucking kicked us out. Then they kicked us off the fucking front porch of the place. Uh... And then they were trying to go to another bar. And I'm like, fellas, I have got to go back to my fucking room. Like, I have got, you know, I got I got to go in the morning, dude. But they fucking, they were on one. So we went back, dude, immediately. Now we've, now we've got my bike fired up. I was fixing to have them, like, let them start riding it around the parking lot. And, uh, and the fucking, the kid that came out and got my room earlier, he came out and just started very politely, you know, telling us that there's people trying to fucking sleep here. You know, you can't fire your bike up in this, under this enclosed thing next to all these fucking rooms, you know. So, anyways, that was cool. I woke up at like a couple hours later and fucking bolted. Those guys were going to hang out and party a whole nother day, and I did not want to get wrangled into that, you know. Once again, dude, I'm trying to get back for the peppers and born free. So I take off from Permamarca, and I head towards this town called San Antonio. And that couple told me that they heard San Antonio is beautiful. They're like, it's all gravel road, but it's beautiful. So I wake up and leave Permamarca, and it was fucking beautiful. Fucking Seguro cactuses everywhere. They don't call them that, though. They're like, ah, fuck, I can't remember what they call them. But cactuses everywhere. It was like, dude... Fucking the colors of everything. Argentina is fucking gorgeous. And it was just like, it was just magical. Fucking magical. You climb up this fucking mountain again. You get up to this high tundra. And then it's just this long, straight road. That's when I realized that I didn't have any gas. Okay? Like, I didn't fill up. I hadn't filled up since... The night before in Bolivia. Or the the night before the night before in Bolivia at in uni. So I'm like, okay, well, when you leave Permamark on 52 headed west, there's an intersection uh, at another road to go down to San Antonio. I'm like, well, there's probably a fucking gas station there or something. Okay? <laughs> and this is like... I think I'm at like 12,000 foot, and it's flat as fuck as far as you can see. And I get to this intersection, and I shit you not, I went from a paved road to a gravel road, and there was the intersection that looks kind of big on the map. It was just a gravel road that just went forever, and there was like silt spots and sand spots and I'm fucking cruising. The gas is just going down. Now I'm like looking. You see signs everywhere most of the time that say like C Vende Gasolina. So I'm looking for one of these, but there is nothing out there. It is just like a, a wide open plain. I'm like out of the cactus, you know, areas. I'm like in the fucking tundra. Starting to get pretty fucking nervous. And I'm just like, I actually I stopped at that intersection. Uh, and like, in just disbelief, I was just like, no fucking way is this fixing to happen right now. Uh, I made a cup of coffee and smoked some cigarettes and 
I pulled out a bunch of fucking cocoa leaves, got a big mouthful of those going before I left. And, um, you know, drinking a glass of their local wine here. I just got done with the coffee. Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and I'm in disbelief, right? Like, just fucking, I just can't believe it. I'm hungover. Those guys had me drinking all sorts of different kinds of beers. They were like, hey, we had fun. They were excited. Uh, super rad cats. So a couple of them had shops in Buenos Aires. I will hopefully meet up with them again at some point. But uh, anyways, I drink that cup of coffee. I take off. And there's nothing. There's fucking nothing. Even the the name, like there was names on the map, I remember, because I was also looking like possibly staying in that area, not knowing that it was twelve thousand foot. I was thinking I could camp and outside of one of those small towns, but the towns were like very small, and they were all like off the main gravel road. Like you could see them out there, but they weren't big. Like there was no, like if there was going to be gas, they would have had it on that main road. So. None of it looked promising, and I just kept going. I mean, it fucking turned red. The, the, the fucking screen comes on and says, you're out of gas, dude. Like, I mean, anyways, I get to fucking San Antonio on a red light with 13 miles left on the odometer or on the uh, rangefinder thing, and San Antonio is a pretty little spot up with gas it was on the other side of town and i go back into town i find some street vendors and have a fucking amazing sandwich with chorizo oh my god it was so good and then i got some empanadas from this lady oh my gosh uh the night before the guys made me eat empanadas. I told them I'd already, I showed them a picture of the giant meal I ate. And they were like, no, no, you got to have these empanadas. So I did. And they're like, you know about empanadas? And I was like, yeah, dude. I mean, I live in Texas and Mexico's right there. Like, I even make empanadas. But they started making fun of me when I said something about Mexico. Well, come to find out, like, they, they're, this place is just known for empanadas. Argentina and Chile both, I believe. And, you know, they didn't. I, I realize now why when I said Mexico, they were like, this fucking crazy gringo thinks empanadas are from Mexico. I mean, I thought they were from, yeah, I mean, I really, yeah, I thought they were from fucking Mexico. Uh, anyways, this lady had some amazing, fu- I mean, they were so fucking good. Uh, the empanadas I had on the street. Anyways, I'm loaded up. I got water. I got a full belly. Take off again. And now, my buddy Igarat said, 40 south out of San Antonio, you got to climb a big pass. Okay. He was right. Flat tundra. Where I'm already at 12,000 foot, and you climb up to like 15,500 foot. And it's dirt road. It starts getting bumpy and rocky and like, you know, not like... Not like some of the stuff I've ridden in Colorado or Idaho or even on this trip, you know, just like a, it was a, the the gravel road I was on going to San Antonio was long, straight, flat, and I mean, it was like really, it seemed like it was well manicured, but I think it's just, there's not a lot of traffic out there, you know? This road started getting pretty fucking gnarly, and uh, the 
the bike is fucking running like shit the whole time. I am just fucking furious at Zach. The dude, Zach from Grand Teton Harley Davidson. As much as they've helped me out, all I could think about was Zach didn't fucking send the goddamn throttle control. I, you know, I'm like, I'm like getting so upset in my helmet. And uh, and finally, at one point, I'm like, dude, you know, like, like you're you're working yourself up over something that you cannot control. And look at this beautiful place you're at. And it was still like flat tundra, like it, not flat, but I mean, you know, it was. It wasn't as pretty as the ride that morning. And um, I have to have a pep talk with myself and my helmet. I pulled over a couple times hoping if I turned the bike off and turned it back on, it would work better. I think that made it worse at one point. So, anyways, I have a pep talk. I'm like, all right, fuck it, you know? Once again, you're in Argentina on a fucking Harley Davidson riding Route the Cuarenta. I mean, come on, dude. So, I make it to the fucking top of this thing. And I still hadn't quite, like, you know, the bike was running so fucking bad. I mean, I'm going 25, 30, 45 miles an hour in some places, going up the hill. I mean, it was it was windy. It was fucking cold as shit, like, in the 30s up there. I got, I think I took, like, two fucking pictures, uh, you know, and I was like, fuck it. I got to get out of here. I go to turn the bike on. Not given, I have not seen a fucking vehicle since San Antonio. I didn't see a vehicle on the fucking 40 or 50 mile stretch uh, before. I, I mean, I just hadn't seen one on the gravel road except for in that town. And I go to start my bike and I turn the fucking key and it does not come on. At 15 and a half thousand foot, 30 degrees, winds fucking howling. I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Now this, now the top of this place, Route de Quarenta. I mean, it's like, it's there's a lot of people to go here. I mean, there's signs, and every sign is covered. The entire signs are covered with stickers. I don't even have a sticker to put on one of these fucking signs, and I didn't even fucking care because I was freezing. The bike was running like shit, and then I go to fucking turn it on, and it doesn't turn on. It doesn't turn on. It doesn't register that I have my key. So, like, ask for a code. I don't have the code. Before I could even try to put in a code, the screen just goes black. And I'm like, no, no, no fucking way. I mean, the wind is blowing so hard that I'm like, it's pushing me onto my bike. My bike's fixing to fall over. And I and I was ready. I, like, at that point, I didn't even, like, I wasn't even bracing my like I was, I was just like oh I could, if the wind would have blown just a little bit harder I would have just fallen over with the bike, without ever even trying to <clears throat> stop it or brace myself like that's the state of mind I was in, and uh, luckily it didn't. And I turned the switch off, and I turned it back on, and it fucking turned on, and that was the moment where like. Okay, you're back in like, you know, the bike was running like shit, but it was fucking running, and now it's fixing to be running again, and it, I didn't fucking care if it, I didn't care how fast it went at that point, and I was going to be going downhill, so, 
you know, things are turning around. I take off. The fucking, the view finally opens up. I can see some shit really good. I can see all these switchbacks and shit. I'm going downhill, so the bike's, like, running fucking great again. Uh, and then I start passing bikes coming up, fist pumping, and, oh, dude, it was just like, okay, now, now we're back in it. And, uh, man, this road just starts fucking going down and down and down. There's, like, these different rivers. One of them's called, like, Rio Blanco, but it was, like, blue. The rocks were, like, fucking blue from the water. Like, uh, you know, like when you have hard water and it has, like, a uh, residue that it leaves on your dishes or in your water heater? That's what this had, but it was blue, and it was fucking gorgeous, right? And then the further I got down, the rocks turned fucking red, and then there was a couple of rivers. Like, I got to cross through the Blue River. Oh, my God, it was fucking beautiful. and just kept going down and down. It kept getting warmer and warmer, and I was just like, oh, my God. And then these rock formations started to come up around me as I dropped into this valley. And I almost fucking cried. I mean, I, w- I, I might have shed a couple of tears from my helmet. It was fucking gorgeous. It was the first time on this whole trip where I was just like, I have got to bring my wife back. Like, she has got to see this. You know, and it was a combination of the night before in that little cool town. And, you know, a road that goes that fucking high and... You know, the scenery just fucking, like, changing so drastically. And these rocks and these cliffs had all these colors in them. And this blue fucking river and green grass. And then you descend into this farm valley. And, you know, first they're growing, like, uh, garlic and onions and shit. And then it's fucking wine. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And the guy that I had ran into on the KLR, he told me, you know, after you go over that mountain, stay in a place called Catchy. And, uh, but for a few hours, I am riding <clears throat> through the most beautiful scenery I have fucking seen in days. And it was just, I mean, it reminded me of Texas and like West Texas. It was like if you took Moab and the Badlands and Big Bend and Southern New Mexico and just like fucking put it all together it was fucking gorgeous and uh, you know the bike's running good again I'm not going uphill so I mean and it's just a fucking nice dirt road at this point uh, it it was amazing and I took some pictures and some video but nothing nothing even came remotely close to like what I was seeing and that's also when I like it was so spectacular I took my glasses off for a minute and the colors got duller so I put them back on quick (laughs) Uh, I mean it was almost like I had eaten some mushrooms or something like stuff was just sparkling right you know and I know that it was you know Going through the roller coaster of emotions, too, as I went over the roller coaster of that mountain. And, uh, you know, fuck, it was beautiful. Then I started, as I got to the first little town, I started seeing signs. And it was like, Ruta Cuarente, 
Ruta de la Vino. I'm on the fucking, I'm in Argentina wine country. I had totally forgot that I was even looking forward to this because I was. And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps now. It was, uh, it was just fucking beautiful. It was fucking beautiful. And I cruised on down. I got to uh, the first the first gas station I saw. I fucking put gas in my bike. And uh, not that I was even close to being out, but I put gas in it. And then I came to this little town of Catchy. And it was so fucking cool. Uh, I went in. I stopped. Parked right on the square. Cops start yelling at me immediately and, you know, make me park someplace else. And, and the whole time... On this road, Ruta Cuarente de la Vino, there was bikes going the other way. Like full-on adventure bikes, all different sizes, mainly all Argentinian plates. Uh, and you could tell they were like tours, like groups of bikes that were all the same. There was a leader out front with like a yellow vest on. and You know you're in a good spot when you see tours going through this fucking place, right? And when you get to the top and you see all those stickers, like it's just, you can feel, uh, you know, you're in the right spot. And I go to this place called Oliver's, and there's fucking pictures of these people all over the walls on motorcycles and, like, you know, posters of their trek down Route to Cuadente. And, like, one guy had, like, the record speed of doing all Route 40. And, I mean, I was just like, come on. I go sit outside on the patio I order a cup of wine. I get the Wi-Fi. I got my phone back to figure out where I'm going to stay. I tried to order some empanadas. They didn't have any, so I got tamales. Oh, fuck, these tamales. They don't do them in, in Argentina like they do in Mexico. They make them in a ball, still with the corn husk wrapping, though, and they came out in these, like, uh, terracotta bowls, and fuck, it was so amazing. It was so fucking amazing. Immediately, I'm starting to think like, okay, all right, I'm going to bring my wife back, and we're doing this, and I'm going to get some friends. It's going to be the women and wine tour. I start sending out messages to my boys like, Desperados do Argentina with the bitches on the back, you know? Like, oh, man. Fucking found a hotel right around the fucking corner, and uh, catchy, catchy. Man, it's fucking amazing. It was amazing. All right. I know I just keep stretching this out, but I'm having fun doing it. So, you know, I've just been trying to do about an hour recap at a time. Uh, you know, obviously you can tell the bikes, <clears throat> you know, giving me good days and bad days and good hours and bad hours and a little bit of everything in between. Uh, I will get down into exactly what happened um, on the next podcast. So make sure you come back, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Send me an email, Dan, at DangerDanceTalkShop.com if you want to reach out or at DangerDanimal on the gram. Make sure you find me at Born Free Texas. I will have, uh, what will I have? Oh, <clears throat> I have some leftover Danger Dan, Ameri Danger Dan American Highways T-shirts with some art that my buddy Kelvis did, fucking killer art of the Pan America. And uh, I I don't have a ton, and I don't I don't even know what size. I really I have no fucking clue. I just know I have some. 
and it's going to be first come, first serve at Born Free Texas, October 22nd and 23rd. See you there, Yellow Rose Canyon. Peace. (laughs) 